listen, this might not be the best podcast you've ever listened to, but we think that if you give it a listen, you might have an okay time. There's a bug in there. afternoon, evening. I don't know what time you listen to this show, everybody. Welcome to OK Time. This is episode 15. I'm Carl Grashett, not Kevin. And I am co-hosted by Steve Ellis. Is that the right way to say this? Co-host is also the co-host of this show is Steve Ellis, originally from Delaware, United States. This week, we're talking about Rocket from the Crips. <laughs> they're, not a, they're not an LA gang. <laughs> They're not a gang. <laughs> Rocket from the Crips and Bloods. Rocket from the, Rocket from the Crypts and Sonny Vincent's album Vintage Piss and the scary, scary, scary movie Hereditary starring John Waters. <laughs> and Paul, what's his name? Rubens. Paul Rubens. And Rubens stuttered with his smashing hit Sorry 2004 from the year 2004. Won't you listen? Sarah, remember a couple weeks ago when you said that you had guidelines for us and then suddenly you finally reappeared like Tony Danza after a long hiatus? That's right. Well, we had to wait till a week when I was still awake when you recorded. And we almost didn't make it this week because Steve was eating dinner. I eat dinner at 930 because I get hungry after the moon comes out. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up, guys. (laughs) Okay. I'm sorry. Are you ready for the readings? Okay. Do we have a drum roll? (laughs) All right. Okay. Good enough. Five bugs in there. This is one of the greatest albums I've ever encountered. Even though I hadn't heard it before, it somehow was as if a piece of myself was playing through the speakers and as if this album bent space and time to reveal a portion of myself to myself. I am forever indebted to you for sharing it with me. We are now blood brothers. <laughs> oh, five bugs is intense. As it should be. Four bugs in there. This is one of my new favorite albums. And I liked it a lot. And now it's on my regular rotation. I'm changing my rating from a five to a four this week. <laughs> okay. no, spoiler alert, Kevin. Carl is my name. <laughs> Crash it. Three <laughs> bugs in there. This was a good album and I enjoyed it. I will listen to it again. Isn't that what you just said? No. Read four again. Four, four <laughs> bugs in there. This is one of my new favorite albums. It has earned a spot in my regular rotation. Okay. Now read three again. This was a good album and I enjoyed it. I will listen again. Okay. <laughs> Similar. It's, it's less, um, you're, you're t- you take a little step back. Mm-hmm. Two bugs in there. I didn't really connect with this album and I'm not sure if I'll listen to it again. Uh-oh, Carl. So, uh, so I should have given White Lung a two then according to that. You listen, as Oprah would say, when you know better, you do better. <laughs> Wow. Wow. One bug in there. I 
hated this album. And if I was barefoot on one side of a room full of red hot coals and there was a turntable on the other side playing this album, I would risk third degree burns to turn the album off. I like how in depth this is there a zero bug in there? Mm hmm. Oh, zero man. bugs in there. The fact that you recommended this album to me has put our friendship on the rocks. And I'm not even sure if I know who you are anymore. Carl. Well, it could go either way. <laughs> well, I, I like now I'm never going to give Steve a joke album because if. Well, I mean, I, I would like that because I would like to see a representation of all all the sports the whole spectrum. Yeah, oh. I want it. I want. Listen, friendship is about experiencing the full all of life's palette with each other, not just. The okay things. Remember, Steve, when I said she wants blood? <laughs> blood brothers is what she's looking for. Or yeah, blood. the severing of the relationship. Huh. Yeah. I really like those. Thank you for doing that. Do you guys understand my perspective now? Yeah, but I'm going to need to keep those fresh in my mind by reading them. Okay, well, I'll put them up on the website that we don't have yet. I would just like to rate that. Uh, that's one of my new favorite uh, scoring uh, methods and scales and I anticipate using it every week so four thank you but let's um, keep blood out of it for now <laughs> I thought it was good and I would like to listen to it again five stars <laughs> no <laughs> I give your review of my rating system zero bugs in there <laughs> no I to be to be honest and fully transparent i really think those are good and now i have a better understanding about why the five i was going to give this record tonight is wrong mm-hmm. okay. and and if we had to examine like we should do a, an episode where we re-examine past episodes according to your new rating system but i don't want to listen to everything again because i have I, it would be hard <laughs> <laughs> but moving forward you know what the deal is can we get an intern Anyone who would like to help us out, um, don't do it. That's so, that would suck. <laughs> don't like that's a lot of listening. <laughs> it's not that we suck. It's that like that's just a lot of like you'd have to listen to something like eight hundred hours of audio at this point. That's not fun for anybody. Fifteen eight hundred hours. What? Every episode has been twenty hours long. We've done fifteen <laughs> episodes. Do the math. Three hundred. I'm so impressed with your editing. Thank okay. you so much for coming down to the basement and sharing your thoughts. Hey, no problem. Do you know what Kevin was doing before this started? I'll tell him about it. It's in my notes. Okay. And my name's Carl. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Steve. Talk to you later. Okay, Bye. Okay, thanks. Bye. Hey, will you email those to us? Yeah. Good idea. Okay, thanks. Bye. 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 So I had you, last week I assigned you Rocket from the Crips. (laughs) (laughs) Rocket from the Crip, Possessive, uh, with Sonny Vincent, Vintage Piss. It is, you know, I love Rocket from the Crip very much, and I love uh, their whole catalog, but this one is unique in that it's... um, 
kind of a collaboration and a, um, they have a different frontman, uh, John Reese, who usually would front the band is kind of in a supporting role. It sounds like rocket from the crypt, but there's no, uh, horn section. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just good, hard hitting punk rock. And I know I listened right before we got on and it struck me as, um, being notably angsty, which is interesting given the age of the musicians. I don't, I wouldn't <clears throat> consider any of any of them old, but like not kids, but it sounds frustrated and almost like a struggle with, um, not feeling empowered the way that young, uh, teenagers or young adults make angry music. Yeah. You mentioned they, you don't want to say that they're old, but they're definitely older. Stop. Um, that's what you said. Did I? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, that's I'm saying Sonny Vincent 40s. is older than. Yeah, like 45 ish. Yeah, for sure. I think John Reese and the rest of Rock from the Crypt, but Sonny Vincent was born in 52. So I think oh. he's, he's, uh, he's older than my dad. Wow. That's really, you, that really surprises me. I couldn't tell unless I no. like it. Only after doing research about him did I learn that. I wouldn't have known. How do you muster that much uh, angst and uh, energy? I'm not trying to... Uh, I feel like I'm on the verge of being ageist here. It's just uncommon is all. Yeah, and I think it starts with a healthy, good breakfast. (laughs) I think you're right. No, I don't know. Donuts. Donuts. I think if if you've been playing music that long and it's like not all, you know, but like so ingrained in your everyday and your DNA that it's just, you just are able to do it probably. I don't know. But, but you know, people tend to, um, their sound tends to mellow over time, you know? Yeah. Uh, I guess he's an exception to that rule and I'm sure there are that there are plenty others, but thanks Sonny. And I think my reaction, I think last week you said that you wanted to assign this because you felt bad that I felt bad about giving a lower score for me to white lung. And I felt like an asshole. So you thought that I would be more mm-hmm. inclined to have a good time with this. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? That's correct. And so I'll just say, yes, you were right. So I lived in San Diego and five for, for, for five years and I never saw a rocket from the crypt. I do think that I saw the night marchers, which is one of John mm. Reese's other bands. I've never seen hot snakes or drive like Jehu. I certainly haven't seen um, the testers, which is what Sonny Vincent is most known for. But I did, I did have an embarrassing encounter with John Reese, where he, when he used to play records on FM ninety four nine, um, one week they did, a, and I told you this before, but I'm going to put it on the record. They did a, um, they used to do listener hours where you could come in for an hour and play the songs you want. So you know, people would come in and play any song that they wanted. And I don't think that they do it anymore because they probably just can't with FCC laws and all that. But I, I played songs that I enjoyed from friends and bands there and like other musicians that I liked. But at the end we played one of our songs and it was something that I debated doing because I was like, ah, cause I felt like it was the wrong move, but a couple other people in the band wanted to do it. And I said, I finally caved. I said, okay, whatever we're going to, get it played on here. And then John Reese came in for the next hour. Cause that was his time slot, but he also had a person that was doing the listener takeover. And then in the car, 
after we were done, we heard him and he's like, are you going to play one of your own songs too? So obvious. And I felt, <laughs> I felt really bad about it. And I still kind of burn. Yeah. I, I can understand that's sticking with you. Yeah. But I didn't even realize like really who he was at that point. So now I'm just like, well, it's too bad. Still doing it though. Um, last week you played that, uh, rap song that you produced, um, on the podcast. Oh, with my stepdaughter. Yep. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no poop in the house. Um, so what that being said, uh, I did enjoy doing some research as I always do about this record because number one, it didn't have a Wikipedia page, which is always like a what moment for me. Did you make one? No, that's a good point. I could have. No, I did not. But I did find out through various other articles that this album actually was recorded in 2003. But due to either the studio closing or there might have been a fire, I'm, I read multiple things. Um, it closed and they they kind of shelved the project until like 2015 when John Reese, like they had it all remixed and mastered and put it out. So remember I said pretty- that last week and you were like, what are you, some kind of idiot? What did you say? I said, I think it was recorded in 02 or 03. You're like, 2015, (laughs) more like it, bud. Yeah. Yeah. I took it. I took what it said on Spotify as, as the final word. So that's fair. You know what? I think that you're right. I'm, I'm willing to admit that. No problem to admit that. Thank you for coming clean about that. You're welcome. You're an honest, honest man. I gave your honesty five bugs in there. Thank you. So. Another interesting tidbit about that recording session, they they didn't really do much rehearsal prior to going into the studio. They all kind of came up with the songs, not on the spot. They probably had some riffs worked out, you know, maybe on their own or as a band, but without Sonny present. And then mm-hmm. regardless, they, they came up with everything, practiced, you know, for whatever time period they were in the studio. And then they, boom, put it on, put it on tape. And then uh, it was it. So that, that, that's pretty impressive to me. Yeah. Booyah. Booyah. That's what they wanted to call the album. I read that too, but they changed their minds at the last minute. Vintage. Booyah. I was wondering, is Sonny from San Diego too? I think he's from New York City. Oh. I think that's where the testers are from, perhaps. Someone need my fact checker to check that. Kevin, can you fact check that? Yes. This record also led me down that little rabbit hole because John Reese is connected to so many of these other bands. So I went back and listened to Rocket from the Cryptid. I'm not super familiar with their back catalog, so I went down there and did that. Listened to some Drive Like Jehu, The Sultans, Night Marchers, and then I I probably listened to Hot Stakes more in the past than I have Rocket from the Crypt. So and the Testers. So they're all kind of like they're similar in a lot of ways. You know, it's like you like you mentioned at the top of this review, like hard hitting punk rock music that's you know fast, um, not overly complicated but enjoyable. So I think you're right about that. Um, there are a lot of songs that I connected with right away. It passed my tap, tap, tap drumming, hand drumming test in the car immediately. Put me in a good mood. Enjoyed it all the way through. Um, so here are some seltzer flavors inspired by this record. Ooh, the return. The return. Ready? Grandma's Wake Grape. <laughs> uh, freaky Deaky Pee-Pee Lemon. <laughs> uh, excuse me? I can't even get through it. Freaky deaky pee pee lemon lime moon mist orange. Mm, I'll take a case. Underwater scissors blueberry. <laughs> uh, forgetful astronaut pineapple. Legit. And towel flavored pear. 
Mm, gotta love it. Talc flavored is um, usually how you find pear. It is. Most people don't know that. Uh, I also wanted to have a list like that, that it, w- it was just sitcoms featuring John Reese and Sonny Vincent as the leads. And, but the only one I could come up with was drive like Jay, who's the boss. And then I stopped because <laughs> I didn't think I could do better than that. My two dad rocks. Uh, but the, like what Sarah was talking about is the other thing that happened is. So when I heard who's the boss in my mind, I started thinking to myself, is Tony Danza still alive? And what is he doing now? And then I thought like he has to be the same age as Sonny Vincent and I didn't confirm that because I, I, then I went on like a 15 minute research tangent where I just learned about what Tony Danza has been up to for the past couple of years. He did, he made a comeback, I think. Well, he, is that too I, strong? He, he's had work. Uh, but, but isn't he on a sitcom or something right now? Yeah. He was on a show on Netflix called the good cop with Josh Groban, but sadly enough, just yesterday they canceled it after one season. So hmm. after all that research, well, that's, uh, that's not, where I found. That doesn't sound that bad because after, when you said sadly enough, I thought you were going to say something happened to Tony. No, I'm glad that he's still alive too. Yeah. Cause I wasn't sure. And maybe he vaguely is the same age of, as John, as a uh, Sonny Vincent. So that's neat. Not relevant to what we're talking about, but the standout tracks from this record for me, pick up the slack, her hand and dream. And then the last thing that I thought was kind of hard for me was the I think like Sonny Vincent is definitely doing most of the vocal work here but John Reese sounds like he's on a few but it's hard for me to tell I think he's definitely on Vintage Piss but I don't know if you noticed that at all it seems like he's on a couple other songs but their voices are kind of similar and maybe that's why you said it sounds just so much like Rocket from the Crypt yeah um yeah he sings on a I, I feel like he sings back up on a bunch and then uh like 50 50 on one on side a and then a hundred percent on that song you just meant mentioned vintage piss which yeah. just sounds like a it sounds like a night marcher song really which is great yeah I, like that to me like that he the little unique bits of his voice sounded that much different than sonny vincent so to me it sounded like a clear difference but it was I had to re- give it a couple repeat listens, but came to that conclusion. So here is my haiku: mm-hmm. Dumpster diving god, you ran a five k in heels. <laughs> that ain't orange juice, guy. <laughs> Good one. Originally, I had given this five bugs in there, but after being told about the new guidelines and what the five scale bugs in there scale for lack of a better word truly means um i can say that i really enjoyed this record i will listen to it again it is in my regular rotation now therefore i give it four bugs in there thank you for sharing it with me my pleasure yeah so five is going to be a bit of a a rare bird which is i believe so yes uh that's cool yeah, and I hope to uh, one day redeem myself in John Reese's eyes, just like Jesus and his stepdad did. So obvious. Uh, so I recently watched Hereditary um, here at Anne Marie's house with Sarah Anne Marie and, and her son Zach, and I found it 
to be the kind of film where my mouth is covering or my hand is covering my <laughs> mouth the entire time and I'm kind of hidden behind a blanket. Uh, it really freaked me out. It was it was a very good film. It scared me a lot. Uh, and Dowd, who plays like an accomplice of the lead, it's all I'll say, is a very, very good actor. She was in The Leftovers and various other things. I really like her work. Um, overall, yeah, it freaked me out. I had to do some research about it and learn if some of the things were real to call my nerves before bedtime. Um, what was your experience like? What do you mean you had to research to see if some of the things were real? Like there's a, a demon mentioned in it. And I wanted to make sure that that wasn't like a real thing that existed that someone could conjure up like that. Um, well, I was excited to watch this because, um, I remember hearing about it when it came out and my friend John went and saw it. And I think he actually had, um, mixed feelings about it. I think he felt it was very scary, but he may have had, I can't recall what, but he may have had some, uh, uh, criticisms as well. Um, but I wish you mentioned you watched it with a few people. I, I do wish I watched it with somebody because it was, um, I really enjoyed it. And I, I think watching a scary movie with at least one other person is, um, I more, it's a better experience because mm-hmm. you're kind of like, I mean, I was probably jumping and I may have been yelling at the um, screen, but you might that you tend to do more of that if you're with a group of people. It's like a, the shared camaraderie you get when you make it through a scary ride at, at an amusement park or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was um, immediately I felt excited about the movie as it was starting because it felt carefully considered and, and beautifully shot which for a horror movie or psychological thriller, you don't always get um, sort of uh, beauty and, um, you know, art artistic shots and uh, color, the way the cinematographer deals with color and music. Like this felt like a really high quality work. Um, it reminded me of a couple other uh, horror movies that felt carefully considered and kind of high high art. Uh, that being "Let the Right One In" and what was the other? oh Donnie Darko? Oh man, I haven't seen that in a long time. Yeah, kind of just like an art uh, film meets. Uh, horror movie and so right away it felt like they were using color in an interesting way there would kind of be almost like the way um certainly not as overt but it reminded me of the way that wes anderson uses color and it it'll be like a very dominant color in a scene and this would have like um there are certain scenes that just had dominant color schemes. Like when they were eating dinner, they were under a, a very warm light. And so they were kind of, it cast like a pretty strong yellow, um, which just made, made the scene feel a little bit uh, surreal and uh, just added to the creepiness of it and kind of tension. Are they eating some weird pasta too? 
I don't know what they were eating, but I noted. So it was like, I mean, it's kind of an overwhelming movie. And so I wasn't sure exactly how to, to relate my experience. But one thing I did was just noted all the, uh, what felt like after this thing happened in the movie, like life can never be the same again. (laughs) And that just happened over and over. And they paced it out in such a way that it, it felt really, uh, effective. Um, so the first thing it's like the, um, the wife gets sort of spooked by something in her studio. Um, and then the bird hits the window when the girl's in school. Then she cuts the bird's head off. <laughs> then, then you, then it chills for a bit. And there's there, you know, there's some mildly creepy stuff. But then they hit you with uh, the first like big baseball bat to the face, which is the, the sister gets decapitated. Like. 25 minutes into the movie and it seems like she's going to be a main character the whole time. I mean, she is in a way, but the trailer. Yeah. The trailer made you think that she was in it the whole time. And that's just, that's just great editing. Yeah. Really great. Um, and I mean, that character was so potent that you really only needed uh, a little bit of it. And in fact, I felt bad about this, but I don't know if you felt the same way. It was a relief when she died because I was like, "There, I can't figure this girl out. She makes me really uncomfortable. She keeps making that clucking sound. Yeah, that was that added, I think, exponentially to the amount of anxiety I felt like every time yeah. she did that. I wonder if that was something that was written or if that actor just started doing that. If, if it was the latter, then that's pretty amazing. That would be amazing. Um, uh, sorry. I was going to say, I agree with you. Like that actor was not in the film very long, but and I think it was her. It's, she has a distinct look and certainly it was amplified by the sto- the choices they made and like yeah. how creepy her character was. But like her presence was felt in a big way. And the probably like less than 15 minutes she was in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing that I felt this, this wouldn't necessarily make the list of things that changed life forever, but I thought it was a really interesting and, um, smart choice to make the sort of the whole, the family's life is unraveling and things continue to get worse and worse. And uh, for them, like more confusing and more scary. And, um, I really love, there's a scene when the kid is smoking weed with his buds and he has a panic attack Mm -hmm. and that just felt, and they didn't overdo it. They didn't really like make a big deal out of it. It just happened and they moved on to the next scene, but that felt like very realistic. Like if you're if you're in a car accident and your sister gets decapitated, um, you probably are going to have a panic attack or like deal with anxiety in a very intense way. Can we, for no. one moment, revisit the thank you the decapitation because he the son <laughs> he he just drives home and then like acts like nothing <laughs> has happened and then they don't <laughs> no one says anything to him like he didn't I know like make it happen. I didn't understand that it wasn't addressed. 
I, I, I found that to be, I really like that choice because it was unexpected. It's like not, they don't talk about it until the mom blows up on him mm-hmm. um, at dinner. Yeah. But yeah, I thought that was really, uh, really cool how he, he does go, he parks the car in the driveway and goes to bed, but doesn't sleep. And they show, they're showing like his face kind of looking catatonic with his eyes open. And you hear the mom get her keys, leave the house and then discover her daughter's body minus the head and like start screaming. It's, it was a really, really cool choice of um, how to shoot that and kind of um, unexpected. Like you're not, you're not in the action. You're not seeing the mother discover the body. You're seeing the son's face. Very upsetting. Very upsetting. Um, Yeah. And also I felt it was notable that uh, the dream within the dream, there was some inception action where like the mom is sleepwalking and then uh, is standing in, I don't even know if I'm going to relate it correctly, but it's the scene where there's like bugs all over in there on his Mm -hmm. head way more than five bugs on his head. Right. Um, and yeah, she like wakes up twice in that scene. So I thought that was cool to kind of have layers of dreaming. The seance scene is obviously insane. Um, Oh, there was some really cool, just another way that like, uh, art film meets horror movie. Um, there was a moment where, um, it was a shot of nighttime and daylight like snapped on. It was like yeah. as if it were turned on with a switch. Like a, a really kind of jarring way to show the passage of time. Yeah. I mentioned Donnie Darko. I felt that uh, the sun when he's in school and he's looking at his reflection in the glass and he's uh, looking sort of uh, confused and bewildered is the actual um, expression when he looks in the, the reflection is him smiling at mm-hmm. himself. And that felt like a direct nod to Donnie Darko. They do that um, maybe more than once, but certainly there's a scene where uh, Hall is looking in the mirror and Right, you haven't seen it in a while. I think that sounds right. It's been it's definitely been a f- couple of years since I've seen that, but I think that's probably correct. I mean, yeah, from there it just gets more and more out out of control. the The final scene is obviously incredibly epic, and um, there was quite a twist at the end. There, have you? It reminded me of the kind of. Um, shift that happens in did you ever watch Dreamcatcher that uh Stephen King I don't think I saw that Mm -mm. it's like one movie for you know an hour and 35 minutes and then it's a different movie for the last like 15 minutes it becomes it's it's like um it it becomes a movie about aliens at the last minute yeah for me in this in that in this in um, hereditary that moment was when 
the main, the mother is looking through her mother's um, photo albums and you have certain realizations about other characters. Yeah, that's a good, um, I, I think you could, uh, you could say it happens there. I was, um, mostly what, what I meant was that you don't realize the role that, or the, how profound the son's role is in all this until the very end, you realize he's, he's Satan and he's being worshiped in a treehouse. to a, um, some really cool kind of soothing electronic music and some <clears throat> family members, sans heads. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then they dropped that Joni Mitchell song, which I thought was really an interesting and, powerful choice. Um, it's, if I have this right, it's a Joni Mitchell song, but it was, uh, performed by Judy Collins and called both sides now. And I was going to add that to the mix, but I only found a Joni Mitchell version that sounds nothing like the one, um, from the soundtrack and it's not on. Oh, I think I just found it. All right. I'm going to add it. Oh, so I have a haiku. I didn't write it down. Let me think. I, I think I can just, I remember it. Um, mom's on the ceiling. The dark prince is a pothead. Damn, dad's on fire. <laughs> oh, he did. <laughs> he really had it the worst. He he didn't. You know, was, <laughs> I did feel bad for him because he, you know, he's not, um, re- related by, he's like not um in the bloodline, mm-hmm. so he's the only one that's not a not um, it's not coming from within. He's dealing with it with his family members, but he's not cursed or haunted or what have you. He's probably blogging all week, like what's going on in parenting forums and stuff. <laughs> Definitely. How do you? Our rating system, I don't know how well that... I'm going to adapt it, I guess. Um, oh. I guess I'd give it a th- three in light of the the new guidelines. I would have given it a four and a half. Four? Yeah. I, I mean, know. I guess with films, like unless you're going to watch it all the time, you couldn't really give it a four. I don't know. I mean, yeah, right. It would just have to be to give it a four or a five. It would kind of have to shift your, the way you see a genre of film, the way that kind of different movies did when I was a teenager, when you're seeing, you know, independent film for the first time or so film, let's just agree that, um, we're we're probably not going to hit a five with films, but four, three and four is pretty good. Yeah. Unless it's like, when you think of horror or independent movies, like that's the first one that comes to mind and you revisit it every year. Like, yeah. Okay. I don't know, but yeah, I think that that seems right to me. All right. Well, thanks for freaking me the F out. I had to um, keep my kitchen light on the whole time that I watched that movie. No problem. Payment. Tiguan. songs of the week uh no thank you just fucking do it give thanks
<laughs> All right. Since it's almost <clears throat> giving thanks Thanksgiving, um, I'm gonna add. You know, you know, back in the day, um, you would call a radio station and request a song, and um, it would dedicate it, send it out to your your bud or your special lady. Um, uh-huh. I'm gonna do that right now. Um, Ryan, I'm adding Ty Siegel's "Everyone's a Winner" from the album "Freedom" from Goblin. Free, "Freedom's Goblin." Um, he, after listening to the last episode with that Ty segment, he sent me a link to that song and said, "You better holla at your boy, Ty." It's a great cover. Oh, it's a cover. Yes. Who's uh whose song is it? Uh, I think it's from the seventies. Everyone the winner, baby. That's no lie. It's uh, a, it's undeniably um funky t- funky town. Hot chocolate. Hot chocolate girl. Hot chocolate girl. Yep. Here it is. Um, how about you? Song of the week. Uh, I'm going to add, add, um, we're fresh off seeing the schizophonics live in a Philadelphia basement of the pharmacy, which I really enjoyed. Thank you for going with me. That wasn't me. Oh, it was payment. Sorry. Uh, I'm going to add their song electric, um, from the Booga Booga EP. It's on Spotify. You can go ahead and add that right to it. Great show. Just did it. I had a fun time. It was, yeah, it was really fun. And the venue was pleasantly uh, dumpster. It was really dumpster. And I thought it was funny how many people I could convince that I knew how to fix water heaters. <laughs> <laughs> what about for next week? Um, so for next week, I was thinking Mitski, be the cowboy for you. Is that a, an individual person or is I that a band? So. I think it's a uh, individual woman. And uh, um, I think you, you're probably gonna, I mean, I, I hope you like it, but I, I think, I think you'll see why I like it, but it's not, I think it's going to be a little surprising that I'm, I'm so into it. Cause it's, I don't even know how to, I don't know what genre it's in. It's like, Mitski punk Fiona Apple's genre <clears throat> who I also like. <clears throat> yeah. Fiona's great. I can get into that. Yeah. Cool. How about for me? <clears throat> I've, I'm going to have you listen to war paints self-titled. I've had, I had that one in my back pocket for a while and I forgot about it, but I think I would like you to listen to that war paint. I know the name, but yeah, I don't think I've ever listened to them. <clears throat> I don't, I don't think I ever saw them. They came to Detroit when I was there, but I didn't go for whatever reason, but, um, I like, is it members of somebody else? I think a couple of the members are known for something and it might be another musical project or somebody's related to an actor, like, or is an actor. I can't remember. Um, so heads up is the one. No self-titled self-titled. Okay. Awesome. 2013. Yep. Uh, for you, I'll listen to that. Oh, thanks. Shut that dog up. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to episode 15 of OK Time. We are executive produced by Sarah Taylor Cummings. Thank you, Sarah. 
We're hosted by Carl Grashid and me, Steve Ellis. You can follow Carl on pretty much every social media, even ones that people don't use anymore. And you probably don't even remember our thing. He's probably still really active on it. Mm-hmm. And um, that's uh, he's at Carl Grashit. And I can be followed on Instagram at Hairfort. If you uh, know how to rate, give five star ratings, um, and you want to flex that muscle, um, we'd be happy to have that. I rated five podcasts five stars last week, and it felt great. Um, so you can feel great too. And our intro and outro music is by the Hokkaido Concern of Newark, Delaware. I think that you did a good job with the outro. I'm proud of you. I think that you deserve a turkey dinner or a tofurkey or mashed potatoes, whatever you want to do. I hope that you enjoy it. And I guess we're going to do one next week, right? Um, yeah, we are. Fine. Shut that dog up.